Thank you for listening to the only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hey, it's Todd Yuri with the Pharmacy Podcast. Excited about this interview. Um, we are welcoming back uh, Dr. Anissa Garza, who is with uh, ArxWiki. She's the director of the Life Science Library. And if uh, our listeners don't realize, uh, RxWiki is the co-founders of the Rx Chat, and Anissa helps out obviously with a lot of the content. And um, we share, of course, things, and we tweet with each other. And so I'm so excited. I got to meet Mia Beam at the uh, NCPA 116th Annual Conference. So a shout out to Mia. Thank you so much for all your help and what you do for the collaboration between the Pharmacy Podcast and RxWiki. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Garza. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk about Ebola and answer all your questions. You know what? That's the theme of today. If people um, want to know, I guess I should have said that first, but nonetheless, so well. So we're talking about Ebola, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up and I wanted to bring uh, um, Anissa back on the show There's so much bad information out there. And if you're a pharmacist, if you're a pharmacy tech, if you're even a a cashier at a community pharmacy, uh, someone in, um, you know, um, someone has questions that might be on a bus and you're a healthcare consultant or associate, got to have good information. There's a lot of scared people out there, um, including my wife, who heard I was coming to Austin, Texas for the NCPA, and she's like, hey, that's where Ebola is. And I'm like, okay, come on. I'm going to get the flu 10 times faster than I'm going to pick up Ebola. So without further ado, I want to introduce uh, today's subject, which, of course, is Ebola. And we want to know what is Ebola and how is Ebola transmitted? Okay, well, Ebola virus disease, formerly known as the Ebola hemorrhagic fever, is caused by infection with a virus of the family Filoviridae gene, and the genus is Ebola virus. Now, scientists have identified five types of Ebola virus, but four of the five have caused disease in humans. And currently, the outbreaks have been occurring in Central, <clears throat> sorry, West Africa. However, more recently, the U.S. has seen three cases of confirmed Ebola, and that's where a lot of the fear has been generated. But the disease can be passed to humans from infected animals and animal materials. And Ebola can be spread between humans, but by direct contact with the blood or secretions of an infected person, and of course, exposure to objects such as needles and syringes that have been contaminated with the virus. But I do want to mention that the disease only spreads when symptoms are present. Despite what you may have heard, you cannot get Ebola from casual contact, from air, water, or even food for that matter. The only way to contract Ebola is by coming into direct contact with infected bodily fluids. Bodily fluids that can spread the Ebola virus include blood, saliva, urine, sweat, feces, vomit, even breast milk and semen. And I know that there has been some talk on social media about how other way, how many other ways it can be transmitted. Um, there is no evidence that mosquitoes or other insects can transmit Ebola virus. Only mammals, for example, Humans, bats, and monkeys can have shown the ability to spread and become infected with the Ebola virus. So I just wanted to make that other point. That's good to know. So I'm the common guy. I'm not a pharmacist. I just help pharmacy and I'm dedicated to the profession. But um, so should I worry about Ebola? 
That's a good question. According to the CDC, the risk of an Ebola outbreak in the United States is very low. The CDC and partners are taking every step they can and every precaution to prevent transmission. Disease only spreads when symptoms are present, like I said earlier, and you can't get Ebola through casual contact, air or water, even food. So really the only way you can get Ebola or become infected is if you're in contact with blood or bodily fluids, and this is direct contact, so that is the key. And I'm gonna go into that. And some of the bodily fluids include, but are not limited, like I mentioned earlier, urine, saliva, sweat, feces, vomit, breast milk and semen of a person who is sick with Ebola. And like I mentioned before, objects like needles and syringes that have been contaminated with the virus and of course infected animals. So what is direct contact? Direct contact means that the bodily fluids that I've mentioned before from an infected person, and this means dead or alive, have come into contact with your eyes, nose or mouth, or even an open cut or wound. And so who's at risk? The healthcare providers caring for Ebola patients and the family and friends in close contact with Ebola patients are at the highest risk of getting sick because they can come into contact with this, um, the, the blood and the bodily fluids of sick patients. Um, but if you are traveling or you plan to travel to an area affected by the Ebola outbreak, then make sure to check out the CDC's website for ways to prevent transmission. They have a great uh, resource for travelers and tries in they mention different ways to prevent transmission and protect yourself. Um, some of the ways are practice careful hygiene, do not handle items that may have come in contact with an infected person, avoid contact with bats and non-human primates, or blood, fluids, and raw meat prepared from these animals, etc. So overall, the, the risk is low. So that's good to hear. So um, the times that I get sick, I very seldom get sick. But when I do get sick, and it's just obviously like a cold, it's always after a trip. It's always after I go to an airport. And I, I hate airports for that. Um, it just seems like it's the place that I unfortunately pick up a cold. But um, I've seen it decrease when I'm more um, kind of astute to washing my hands more often. And it's definitely cut down on it. So. Um, a good question for, for you, Anissa, which I'm sure the listeners want to hear too, is how long can the virus last on surfaces? Um, you know, when I'm grabbing a door handle um, and I pick up the cold, you know, a cold, um, what about the Ebola? That's a great question. Ebola dried on surfaces such as doorknobs, countertops, or even airplane seat armrests can survive for several hours, but it has to be in perfect conditions. And that's the key word here. Um, however, the virus and body fluids, like blood, can survive up to several days, but that's at room temperature. With that being said, Ebola is killed with hospital-grade disinfectants, such as household bleach. So it really, an overall general statement, it has to be perfect conditions, um, but the risk is low. Okay. So once again, I'm, I, every time I get a cold, it's usually from an airport. So mm -hmm. let's talk about airports. So if I'm on a plane... And um, fictitiously, someone in, you know, uh, several seats ahead of me has uh, Ebola and, no, and didn't know, we didn't know about it, and they sneezed or they breathe into the air circulation system. Is there any possible way for me get, to get that? That's a great question. But I want to point out first is that Ebola is not airborne. Um, you, unlike respiratory illnesses, which can be transmitted by virus particles that remain in the air, 
after an infected person coughs or sneezes, Ebola is transmitted only by direct contact. Although coughing and sneezing are not common symptoms of Ebola, if a patient is symptomatic and coughs or sneezes on someone, if the saliva or mucus comes into contact with your eyes, your nose, or your mouth, these fluids may transmit the disease. But overall, the risk of getting Ebola on a plane is very low. It's a great question also because of the fact that we had a healthcare worker that was involved with the care of Duncan and then she was able to get on two commercial flights. A lot of questions have been raised because of that, but people traveling by plane in the United States are believed to be at low risk for becoming infected with Ebola. Like I said earlier, the virus is only spread through direct contact from an infected person and the fact that the virus can only spread if the patient is exhibiting symptoms, the risk is believed to be very low. Well, thank you for that and uh, that um, makes me worry less. And see, honey, if you're listening, which you never listen to my podcast, but my uh, dear wife, Nicole, she doesn't have to worry about me going to airports and uh, getting infected. So um, something was in the news which was uh, parallel to the story of one of the Ebola, um, and I can't remember what their name was, but their dog, I believe, was like euthanized or like, you know, killed because of it being the dog of the person affected with Ebola. And I felt kind of bad and Obviously, uh, any you know, I feel bad when people get sick, and but also care about uh, and worry about animals. So we're all very attached to our pets. If you have pets, so can I get a bullseye virus from my dog or my cat? At this time, there have been no reports of dogs or cats becoming sick with Ebola or of being able to spread Ebola to people or other animals. The chances of a dog or cat being exposed to the Ebola virus in the U.S. is very low as they would first have to come into contact with bodily fluids, and this is direct contact, and it has to be a person who is actually exhibiting symptoms infected with Ebola. Okay. So I'm a pharmacist. Let's pretend I'm a pharmacist because I'm not, but I like pretending I am. So I'm a pharmacist or I own a pharmacy or a patient of mine uh, comes into the store and, and starts asking some questions. What other things as a pharmacist, Anissa, can you share with fellow pharmacists to kind of uh, give kind of a, a blanket uh, assurance about, uh, about Ebola as a healthcare for professional and what is true and what isn't true of what we're hearing out there in the crazy media. Um, just to reiterate to your patients that it's a direct contact with these bodily fluids. It's not airborne. Um, they can take precautions if they're going to be traveling in the U.S. You know, wash your hands. Um, but if you're going to be traveling to Africa, then I would suggest you go onto the CDC and make sure that you're prepared before you travel. Make sure right. that you do um, take extra precautions um, to protect yourself. But overall, it's um, you're, everybody's really at low risk right now. Um, the healthcare workers that are are caring for patients with Ebola, and then the family and friends that are in close contact with patients are with Ebola are the ones that are at the highest risk. Okay, and then kind of a um, probably a strange question, but very curious, and that is. What experimental drugs are being given uh, to patients with Ebola in hope of treating uh, the disease? Well, currently there's three that are being tried right now. ZMAP, being developed by MAP, Biopharmaceutical Incorporated, is an experimental treatment um, for the use with individuals infected with Ebola virus. It has not been tested in humans for safety and effectiveness. Um, the product, product is a combination of three different monoclonal antibodies that bind to the protein of the Ebola virus. But it's really too early to know whether ZMAP is effective. It's still experimental stage. 
The other thing is the TKM Ebola injection, and that's being developed by Tecmira Pharmaceuticals Corporation. And the other one is uh, Brincidofavir. It's an oral antiviral drug. It's being developed by Chimerics. It's uh, being developed as a potential prevention or treatment for life-threatening viral diseases. It works by keeping viruses from creating additional copies of themselves. Now, I also want to mention that uh, Brincidofavir is in phase three clinical trials for testing against uh, CMV or cytomegalovirus as well as adenovirus but it has been given to patients with many other life-threatening viral infections. Uh, patients in the U.S. have been treated with this medication for Ebola virus disease at the request of treating physicians. Um, there's a lot of testing that still needs to be done and a lot of um, different um, research, but those are the three that are being focused on right now. Very good. Well, Anissa, I just want to thank you um, for coming on the show again, um, sharing this extremely important information to kind of curb the rumors that are out there, the crazy stories. I've heard some major whopper conspiracy theories um, out there about all kinds of things. But it's our job as healthcare professionals to really assure uh, the public of what is true and what, is, what isn't true. So I very much thank you and, of course, Rx Wiki for being on the show. Thank you, Doug, for having me. This is fun. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. I want to have you back, by the way. We should do another subject. Hopefully it's not a bullet. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye.